So I've been uh, just meditating on the Lord and just thinking, you know, summertime, post-camp, and God's been like just moving my heart to, um, to a topic that, that I'm going to talk about tonight. Um, and, and I'm pretty excited, pretty excited for it. You guys have heard about it before, but uh, we're, we're going to hit it fresh and anew tonight. Um, can we pray? Let's pray again and ask God to really just... Uh, Come and be our teacher tonight. Amen. Um, Jesus, thanks so much for the testimonies, Lord, um, of, you know, what is happening. I know there's more. People are shy tonight. But uh, thank you for those who did share, God, and just the work that you're doing. It testifies that you are real, that you are not far, that you're actually closer to us now than you were before, or at least we realize it. And Father, we pray that you would continue to be real present in our lives, continue to be real active in our lives. Um, pray, Father, tonight's word would really set some people free. Um, yeah, in a good God way. Um, yeah, thank you for your life, God, and, and the mission that you were in, and the mission that you were on. And uh, yeah, we praise you, Father. Um, Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Um, Blair, trigger at the whiteboard downstairs, the brown stand and the pins that are on the bottom. No. Um, okay, so uh, last week, review, yeah? You guys have Bibles, notebooks? So a little review from last week. Uh, Keppel read it as we started uh, service tonight, Psalms 27, um, 4 through 8. Last week we left off by talking about... Um, how you guys doing with the self-imposed curfews? No? Good? Self-imposed, like not having... So usually we get a curfew when? When we do something bad and your parents are like, okay, you got to be home at a certain time. So we self-impose our curfew. So we are home by 11-ish because nothing really good, godly happens after 11. Most of the time. Amen? Okay? Um, and then media, uh, media downtime. How have we been doing with that? Media downtime, pretty good. Shaka, hey, amen for that. God breaks phones to break us, amen. I love it. Um, now that basketball's finished, I'm not gonna be spending as much time on ESPN. So praise God for down media time for that, amen. Um, and then we talked about uh, seeking the Lord, dwelling in His house, gazing on His beauty, and just spending some time in meditation. I love. Uh, uh, Verse 8, yeah? Psalms 27, verse 8. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, Lord, your face, Lord, do I seek. That's a great memory verse. Yeah? That's a great memory verse. Memorize that. Psalms 27, verse 8. Okay? Got that? Um, so so in, in, uh, tonight's like, why, why do we seek his face? Like, what's, what's the things that, uh, brightens the face of the Lord? You like, anybody uh, know someone in your life that's like joyous and cheerful all the time? Like, it, and, and you just look at their face and you're like, encouraged, you know? You just look at them and you're like, ah, that person's action, that person's always positive, always cheerful. They always got the joy of the Lord like flowing out of them even though like sometimes things aren't going really good. Amen? We all got people like that? 
Yeah? Some people just kind of have that spirit about them, that demeanor about them, that they're like, things are most of the time pretty good, even though you know they may not be. Yeah? Um, you guys understand that we can live in a way where we can, we can be the source of that to the Lord? Like we can bring a, a cheer to him, a smile to him, a grin on his face. I mean, I know he's like the, the, the faceless one and you read about him in Revelation. is like all kinds of you know, crazy descriptions. But the deep within side of our father's uh, spirit, you know, is this attention to us and how we live in this particular way of what I'm talking about tonight. If, if we fulfill this, really, I, I, I know it's going to make him brighten up a little bit. Amen? Okay, so let's, I just want to talk about before, so I'm going to build it a little bit, okay? I'm going to build it. I'm not going to tell you what it's about, but let's talk about certain things that Jesus has said, okay? Certain statements that Jesus has, has made. Um, there's some great ones, right? Uh, I just picked up a, a few. So Mark 11, 28, uh, come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden, like you're burdened, Yeah? Come unto me, cast all your worries on me, and you can find rest for your what? For your soul. Amen? Like when we come to the Lord, we can find rest for our souls. Like where can we go for, I mean, physical rest, we can go to the beach, right? If we need, like, if we're tired, we take a nap. Like where do we go for rest for our souls? Well, the maker of our souls. Amen? Jesus himself. So for those who seek his face, right, the Lord said, Psalms 27, right, verse 8, um, he says, uh, you have said, seek my face, and my heart has said to you, your face, Lord, do I seek, amen? For those who seek the Lord, there's like this comfort that we get that we cannot get anywhere else, amen? amen. Good verse, great verse. Okay, here's another one, John 14, 13, uh, and that's one of like six others where it says, Whatever you ask, in my name, yeah, it will be done. How shaka is that? That's good. I mean, we've got to read in context and, and things like that, but, but it is Jesus' response that whatever you ask, in my name, it's going to happen. He wasn't just talking in, in symbolism. He was literally telling the men that were following him at the time, and maybe if there were women around too, hey, whatever you ask in my name, It'll be done. Uh, John 14, 13. There's some other areas that it's in, but that's a good one, yeah? Um, oh, this is good. Okay. Um, do you want to... Uh, I don't know. Uh, Okay, so we talked a little bit, a couple of verses of what Jesus says. Um, okay, I'll, John 15, 8. I'll, I'll just break it to you guys what we're talking about tonight. Um, John 15, let's, let's read that. Okay, you guys want to know what brings a cheer to our Father's face? Yes, yes. Um, okay, so John 15, verse 8. 
starts off, and this is Jesus. He's saying, by this, my father is glorified. Yeah, That he's honored, he's lifted up like at the, the utmost. Like God is, is lifted up and glorified in these moments. Ready? So Jesus says, by this, my father is glorified. That you bear much fruit. Amen? That we produce fruit. That we are like, the symbol is the tree, and we're a tree that produces fruit. Amen? That means we have like good roots, and that we're doing what it is that we were created to do. Amen? So there's uh, one of my friends, uh, his mom is house-sitting this house in Hana for like five months. Okay? And the last couple times I've uh, returned from that house, I've had a trunk full of not just fish, but of fruits. Like, there's so much fruits coming off of their trees that they don't go out and pick them enough. I promise you. Like, every time I go out there, there's, they must have tw- 20 or more papaya trees that all have papayas. And most of the, like, pretty much every time I go out there, there's 10, 15, 20 papayas that I got to, like, move out of the way because they're too ripe, not being picked, to get to the good ones. Okay? Actually, I have a bunch. I'll give you guys my neighbors. I, I have papayas in my house. If anybody else wants papayas, I got papayas. Okay? Um, so, papayas, uh, they have a ridiculously large uh, lychee tree. They have uh, mango. Oh, right? Guys are like, I'm coming. Right now, they have, like, mangoes that are seriously this big that are, like, the red is starting to come in, and I'm just waiting for the yellow to come, and I'm just going to be like, bang, 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 okay? They're healthy trees, amen? Like, I go out there, and I'm like, these trees bring a smile to my face, <laughs> right? And, and we are those, when we are that type of tree, our Father is glorified to the utmost, Okay, And it is also a determining factor on what type of believer we are. Not just any believer who calls God Lord, but a believer who is, and what is our topic for tonight and this summer? Disciples. Not just a believer, but a specific type of believer that is a disciple that we're learning from the Lord, and we're also disciple makers. Amen? So John 15, 8, by, my fa- uh, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Like truly a follower of Jesus is someone who what? Is a, is a disciple, literally someone who follows the Lord, And if we are following the Lord, we're obeying what his words are. Uh, Listen to this scripture. Luke 6, 46. If you're taking notes, write it down. Okay? It's a good one. Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Ooh, that's a, that's a, you feel that, yeah? Megan's with me. Megan's with me. Megan stopped mid-sentence in her writing. was like, oh, that was good. Amen? So Jesus says, he's looking literally to his disciples. 
the people who are, are, are starting to believe in him and they're following him and he turns to them and says, why do you call me Lord and you aren't actually doing what I am saying? Because to say that God is our Lord means that he calls us shots. That he says, jump, and we say, how high? Amen? He says, love, and we say, for how long? He says, serve, and we ask him, whom should we serve? Amen? Like, if God is not just God, but he is our Lord, amen, that means he calls the shots. And there's a a combination of knowing God and also what? Doing what he says. That we cannot just know him, but knowing is like the huge, it's like the biggest part, right? Where we know God and we love God and it's all about like him. But it cannot just be about our intimacy with him. It needs to flow out in our actions. So this is a good little phrase. Because we believe we should behave accordingly. Amen? Not just behavior modification, like acting right, but that's a part of it. But I think, hey, follow me. I think we spend too much time of our Christian life talking about uh, the the sins that we don't want to do. I'm trying not to sin, trying not to sin. When we actually miss the mission of why we want to live a sinless life. And what is the mission? Why do we want to live a sinless life? One, to glorify God. And two, so that we can be an example to others in making more disciples for Jesus. Like model the Messiah's lifestyle so that other people who can't see Jesus with their physical eyes can see Jesus, yeah, in our lives. Is that a good miracle? Hey, that Jesus can be seen in your life. How crazy is that? That people can look at you how you talk, how you walk, how you behave and not see you but see something greater in you than actually exists. That's a crazy miracle that God can use you to lead the lost to love. Okay. Um, follow me here. So Jesus is, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures uh, where Jesus is going to further show his, his heart and, and what really matters to him, okay? So uh, Matthew, uh, <clears throat> oh man, these are good, good verses. Ready, Megan? Matthew 7, <clears throat> 21. Those who know this verse, you guys are all like, oh, yes, I know this verse. This verse is crazy. Okay, ready? Matthew 7, verse 21. This is real similar to that Luke chapter 6, 46 verse. So Matthew 7, 21, Jesus says, and I love it. When is Jesus saying this? Matthew chapter 7. Come on, come on. When is Jesus saying this? Huh? No. So Jesus is, is giving this this sermon on the mount, right? This is his first message. This is his first little like, here, this is what is the most important things. He gets to this section in his message, yeah? And 
we read it in Matthew's account. And Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. What's the problem with that? Yeah, a lot of people say, Lord, Lord. A lot of people go to camp and say, God, you're my all in all. I want to live for you all the rest of my life. And Jesus says, just because you say it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get heaven. Yeah, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Which means you can say, Lord, Lord, and not actually be a son and daughter of God. You guys hear me? That's, that's heavy stuff right there. Okay, Jesus, keep on going. So Jesus continues and he says, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven, that person makes it to the kingdom of heaven. That person is a part of the kingdom of God. And that kingdom of God isn't just in heaven. That kingdom of God is when? Right now. That's what Jesus came and he was preaching, that today is a day of salvation. Today, we hear, hey, we hear the unashamers. We are part of the kingdom of God. That we are sons and daughters, heirs of God's, like, all that he owns. When? Not in heaven, now. Jesus is going to prepare a place for us, but while he's preparing a place for us, we are living in his kingdom right now. Not in physical kings and castles, but with his people. Amen? With his people. So Jesus is telling us already, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter, but only he who does the will of his father. Good? That's a great little like vision, mission statement of what we should be about as believers in Christ. Amen? Next passage. Um, Mark 12, uh, 30 and 31. Who knows that before even looking? I promise you like 15 of you know it, if not more of you. Ah, Jocelyn, you're on it. Yeah, that's our verse, man. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. And love your neighbor. Yeah, love your neighbor as yourself. Like, so Jesus was asked, of all the commandments, what is the most important? And it was twofold, love God and love others. We cannot love God without loving others. And we cannot just love others without spending some time with the Father because our love is, oh, this is good. Let me give you a story here. So in 2003, I went uh, on this mission trip, all expense paid. How shock is that, right? Um, to Argentina, okay? So uh, uh, Miles Kawakami, who is the, he's, he's, he's the man, um, or Jesus in him is the man. Um, he owns Hawaii Carpet One, and he, like, God was doing some stuff in Argentina, and he just wanted to get some of us down there. So me, uh, my friend Alan from Lahaina Christian Fellowship, that some of you guys have met. We stayed at his church, him conference two years ago. Um, and Pastor Jonathan Asanto from Grace Bible. He preached the first night of camp. Yeah. So us three went down there with, with some of our youth and we just experienced what God was doing down there. Uh, we saw people literally taking the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations and they were doing it. 
Like we sat in mayor's offices where the, off, the mayor was like, man, I'm so indebted to the church. The church donated all this money to us and like raised all this money. And like indebted, the mayor's like, bro, shaka. The church, like, and they're not super rich, raised over a million dollars for this hospital. So we went and visited this, this like public hospital that the church was like supporting and buying equipment that they needed. We went to this all-Christian prison. It was crazy. 300 prisoners. Okay, so we, so we walk in, and it's like a legit prison with like machine guns, and there's like bars, and you got to go through. And, and so they take us to this room, right? And it's, and it's not huge. It's probably the size of the longhouse, just cement. And we're seating, like seated in the front. There's a stage, and I'm sat down on my chair. Um, and there's a bunch of chairs, and I'm like, hey, what's, gonna, what's happening? And these guys start flooding in, and they all, like, sit down in these chairs. And these guys are, like, murderers, lifers, like, legit, like, criminals, okay? One guy gets up there with one acoustic guitar, no sound system, and just starts, like, jamming some worship. These guys stand up and just belt out, like, and, they're, and it's not in English, you know? And it's like some of the most powerful worship I've ever like experienced. And part of it was because I'm like, I'm like super close to these guys. So anyway, they sit down. The, the pastor comes up who's also like a guard and part of the prison, which is crazy. How, how the prison started was this pastor started going to this like uh, one of the worst prisons in the area and started doing these Bible studies in like the worst cells. And guys started giving their lives to the Lord, changing their lives, their behaviors. They started, um, some of those guys got released. And after they got released from prison, they continued to serve the Lord and lives are good. He starts changing things. And the, the prison's like, uh, we have this abandoned prison. How about we give you your own prison with your own prisoners? And you run it however you want to run it. So after the service, they call up, prisoners to pray for us i'm like wait what we're the free ones you're the one in jail and you're praying for me you know i was like weird like so out of this world so early in my ministry i went down there and i saw people doing what jesus said to do go and make disciples of all nations so they said what is our nation made of schools businesses education no, wait. government, education, government, and businesses. So they would pray over businesses. They would um, pray against demons and cast out demons. And they were like on the forefront of what God was doing. I mean, just where they met was an abandoned theater, you know? Like they didn't have a church building. Like they're like, hey, let's prosper this business. So let's rent out a theater and bless those people in that area, okay? Literally, these people were hearing what, Jesus said, and they were doing it, okay? Which leads us to our, um, another verse for tonight, Jesus' last words. Yeah, let's read this. Matthew chapter 28. This is right before Jesus ascends to heaven. He's giving final instruction to a handful of his disciples, amen? Amen. So this is the last chapter in Matthew. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, get to Mark, 
Turn back one page. Amen. So Jesus says, um, or it's, oh, let's pick it up in verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. Hey, what mountain is this? Oh, right, right, right. So those who don't know, is it Pastor Jonathan's? This is where he was talking about. Amen. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, even though some doubted. Of the who? Who was doubting? The 11 that walked with him, they saw the miracles. They still had doubt in them, but, but Jesus still was showing him, which is awesome. He gives the great commission to some who believed him without a doubt and some who still doubted. And, and who was Jesus at this time? The resurrected, not just the spirit form Jesus, but the physical form Jesus had came back from the dead. Like the flesh, the redeemed, resurrected flesh Jesus, where he said, here, here's my scars, feel them, touch them. Hey, what do you guys have? Fish? Cook them up. I'm hungry. Post-grave Jesus. Which, why is that weird? I mean, you, you figure like, if you knew Jesus and then he died and then he came back and he, some of the 11 still doubted. But, but I think that's similar to us, right? How many of us have seen God do crazy things and then we get to certain times in our lives where we're like, where are you, God? You're not around. You know, you've left me. You've abandoned me. And God's like, ah. <laughs> like a month ago, we were just at camp, you know? Like, like God does amazing things in our lives, you know? And so anyway, so somewhere down in verse 18, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Like at that point, he was not just fully God, but the fully known God. Like I love what Colossians says. Peter says, at that time, all things had been handed over to him. Amen? Like Jesus was like fully aware of his godness. Amen? So out of his authority, he's gonna like knight the disciples, you know? Like he didn't have a sword, but he had his word and he's like, I, what is the words that they say? I knight the Aina, protector of the Aina. Okay? So he says, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Not a suggestion. This was a command. Amen? This was a command, which means if we are a follower of him, what are we supposed to do? Make disciples. Amen? And I'm going to stretch you guys further in saying that we want to be disciple makers of disciples who make disciples. You guys get that? Like, I don't want to just make you into a disciple. Yeah? I want to make you into a disciple maker. Okay, so follow me. How many people are in this room? Somebody count. Sorry, I just was making sure the pen was working. 
Come on, come on, come on, come on, fast, fast. Okay, 27 people in this room. 28? Okay, we'll say 27. Oh, 31? What? We'll say 30. We'll say 30. Okay, we'll say 30. Okay? All right. So let's start off with one. Okay? Uh, like maybe a year and a half ago, God gave me, uh, I had a chance to preach, and in my preparation, I was just thinking about numbers, right? And I was like, what if, what if one person reached three people? Okay? What if it was my mission in one year, in one year's time, actually not even one year's, like my entire life's mission to pour into three people that did the same thing. Like I only had to reach three people. Like from lost to saved to calling Jesus not just Savior but Lord and not just Lord but, but getting them to, to maturity in Christ. Right, so Jesus says, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them all that he had taught them. So what if I, I spent time into three people who did the same thing? So three people who, right, did the same thing. Okay? So you figure, like, just in, out of myself with my three people, like, I spent... Like my like say say one year, right? One year's time. I poured into those three guys and I made it my mission for them to do the same thing. Like say it took a, a, another year, right? So now they're doing that, right? And they're doing that. And you can you can follow the, the numbers, right? So you have one and then three and then nine and then twenty seven what? And then 80, 80, 81, and then 243, and then 729, and then you get... Come on, come on, come on. What? You guys are all using your cell phones earlier. Come on. Use them for like a godly purpose now. What is it? 87. And then? 6,000. And then? Nineteen thousand. Okay, so we'll just pause there. Okay, so follow me. That's with so say that's uh so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So nine years. Let's say nine years. That's with one person. Let's say five years by 27. So 243 times 20. No, it's time 30. Come on. 
7,000? Okay. What about after our ninth year? Times 30. Hey, follow me, follow me, my friends. If, if the 30 people in here, your goal was to reach three people who reached three people, and that's all you did. Somewhere between year six And seven, all of Maui would not just hear about Jesus, would not just call him Savior, would not just call him Lord, but they would be disciples who make disciples. You guys remember that verse we talked about earlier? Luke 6.46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? So my question to you tonight is, are you being discipled? And are you discipling someone else? If you're not in a stage where you're ready to teach someone else about Christ you're off the hook at least for a little bit with having to make disciples because you, you got to learn a little bit in order to teach right but you probably know more about Jesus than the person who knows nothing about Jesus question Jocelyn Is there an age limit for those who I can disciple? No, I don't think so. I think you can help disciple people who are older than you, which is cool. The only place I would try to be aware is uh, cross-gender discipleship. Like if I'm a 16-year-old girl, I probably don't want to be discipling a 16-year-old boy. If he's your brother, like Dayton doesn't know Lord, you should for sure disciple him. Okay? Okay, or at least take him to, probably better would be take him to like a male who can disciple him because there's just some things he's going through that you probably won't be able to give him advice about. You know what I mean? So, uh, Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, he called his some of his disciples together and he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Amen? So let's modernize that. If Jesus was here today, he could literally call people together and say, hey, come now and I will make you tweeters of people. 
right? Like fishers of men are going to use your ability to tweet or to post or to hike or to swim or to surf or to study or to sleep. Like, right? Amen? Like literally anything that God has given us talent and desire for, we can use those things to minister to others. The truth is, rather than three, we think about the millions. We think about all the many, many people that are all lost about Jesus, yeah? And we actually don't ever do anything. If we aren't intentional about reaching one person and teaching them how to do that, we never end up doing that. And we live our entire Christian life saying, Lord, Lord, do this for me and not actually bring glory to his name because we're not making disciples. The biggest distraction for me is not the bad stuff. Like we all understand that, right? Like sinful stuff. When God says don't do it and we do it anyway. For me, that's not the biggest distraction. What's the biggest distraction? The good stuff. Like spending all this time doing stuff for God, but not actually like making disciples. Like preaching a sermon, but not talking about discipleship, you know? Or like not actually like instructing people about what is the, the, just trying to entertain people, you know? Like I love what Kepler said earlier. He's like, bro, there's like five people here. Let's just do acoustic. You know? Shaka. Why? You know? Why do we need all of this stuff? But all of this is good if our motive is to what? Make disciples, right? It's not a bad thing to have money and to have resources. It is a bad thing if our motive isn't to make disciples. Jesus' last words, go and make disciples disciples who was he saying that to 11 people who had followed him for three years they've experienced him they learned from him they've seen him resurrect from the dead amen hey there's we could spend all summer talking about oh watch out for drugs and image and you guys are so awesome and god loves you and it wouldn't be a waste but we may not, at the end of the summer, be any closer to reaching Maui than we are. Like, I love that we have some people here tonight that are like, hey, Shaka, I didn't like hanging out with Christians, and now God is doing a work in my life, and I actually like the people that I'm hanging around with. That shows me that we're doing something right, that we're not this Jesus clique. The Jesus huddle. I'm straight out of unashamed as soon as that becomes the truth. As soon as this becomes about us and not about other people coming in, boom, I'm the first guy out of here. Because our mission is from our God who says go and make disciples of all nations. Yeah. Next week, we're read John 17. So good. It's it's Jesus' prayer before he goes to the cross. So good. We're gonna I could start preaching on that right now. I was reading it earlier and I was like, this is all about discipleship. 
union with God and union with one another in order that we would like honor God in, in a way of, you know, just being able to make disciples. So anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Um, <clears throat> but how crazy, right? How many, of us, how many of us wouldn't mind being a part of like reaching thousands? How old are you? You're 11. Brah. Right? He'd be 21 and he would be a part of reaching this times three times 30. What is that? It's my phone. What is that? So 19, 683 times three. No, no, no. That's this number. That's this number times. Anyway, a lot. You know what I mean? Like in 10 years, you'd be 21 and there would be over, well over 100,000 people that he was helping. Hey, and it's not about the numbers, but it is about the numbers because every one of these people matter. But we don't have to focus on the multitudes. We just focus on who are the people that I'm learning from and who are the people that I'm pouring into. If we can go too deep, right? So myself to those three and helping them to those three. Like I'm praying for the nine. So that's 12 people that I'm praying for. The three that I'm pouring into and the three that each one of them is pouring into. And I spend the rest of my life doing that. And if God adds adds more people and and the three become five, six, but I'm just a good steward. The one, here, let me just wrap up here and saying I've been doing ministry full time. You can go back to college. So all of my 2000s, from 2000, I was a, a resident assistant in a hall of 31 guys in my college. So I was an RA for three years in college. So say 16 years. I wish somebody would have just told me, hey, keep track of your guys. Just keep track of them. Give them a phone call. Ask them how they're doing. Is somebody pouring into you and are you pouring into somebody else? I'm talking about 16 years of ministry. Like it kind of like breaks my heart sometimes when I just see kids who I seen and I was praying with at the altar and now I see them like one of them just died the other week. You know, and I'm like, ah, why didn't I do a follow-up call? You know? Why didn't I like call him back why didn't i like invite him to a lunch or a dinner or or keep on inviting him to monday nights you know like and hoping that none would be lost you know like what about those who were with us just two weeks ago that aren't with us anymore let's start with those ones you know i think our first three could be people who are already believers they don't know any they, they, like if we would just have accountability with the saved ones, you know? Like if I just took like these three guys and just made sure I poured into their lives that they would do that three. Like they're, they already know Jesus, you know? Like we're not even, I don't think we even are at a place where we're talking about the lost. Like really our first three could be people who already love Jesus. 
Can we be accountable with them? I'm not talking about one, one night, one Monday, one camp. I'm talking about can we be committed to some people until heaven? When they graduate high school, when they graduate college, when they get married, when they have kids, like I'm talking about like we didn't, we're not going to get to these numbers here with just a one day, one month, one year. You know what I mean? Like, are there people around you right now that you could be friends with for the rest of your life, even if they move? Because chances are, you, hopefully you guys all graduate here and move. You know what I mean? Like, like, move out of your mom's house, you know, eventually. Like, answer the call. Like, I hope some of you, hey, I hope some of you guys leave Maui and go on to the mission field. Like, go to Iraq or go to China, go to North Korea. Like, how awesome would it be for you guys to be like, hey, you know my three are still loving Jesus, but I'm adding to that three people in China. Like I'm learning their language and they're learning from me. Nothing else matters. The clothes that you wear right now, all the things you own right now, come 10 years from now, luck, none of you are going to have them. And yet we spend so much time thinking about my cell phone, my, or my post on the newest thing, or, or my clothes, and, and none of that's going to last. None of that's going to last. I mean, how many of you guys own anything now that you owned 10 years ago? And how many items are those? Not a lot, you know? Like, really, like, Jesus, go make disciples. Why? Because everything in this world is gonna, it doesn't last. Don't fix your eyes on the things of this world because they're, they're temporary. So we're on a mission, amen? We're on a mission, man. If you are calling God Lord and he's not just Savior, but he's calling the shots, then I don't even have to convince you that this is what Jesus has for us. Praise God that whatever we ask in his name, he will do. If we're like, God, I want to make disciples of people, he's going to answer your prayers. And I feel like more miracles will happen as soon as we become less about just healings and more about people that we want to disciple. Oh, we've got to stop. We've got to stop. It's John 17, so good, man. So good. Read it. Okay, it's God's, it's, it's, you, we, it's a window into the heart of Jesus. John chapter 17, read it like from now till next week, Monday, and it'll just preach itself. Amen? I've got to come up here and just read, and you'll be like, oh, man, so good. Okay? Yeah? Like, that's the greatest sermon you ever did read, you know? And I'm like, yeah, it was Jesus. It was all, it was all the Lord. Um.